Uh, before I uh, read our scripture for today, uh, please know I will be a little a little uh, short-winded today. Uh, we do need to get onto uh, the AIDS walk this afternoon, and this church takes the stance that worshiping God just doesn't happen in the sanctuary, but it happens out on the streets as well, too. Um, so, so if it's a little bit shorter than what you would prefer, just, it'll be okay. Just come back next Sunday, I promise. I'll be longer next Sunday. Um, so our scripture reading from today comes from uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 32. It says, happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no inequity and in, the, in whose spirit there is no deceit. I'm reading from the NRSV. While I kept silence, my body wasted away and through my groaning all day for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my inequity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. God bless the hearing of these ancient words. Amen. So our Lenten sermon series is Boot Camp for the Soul. And we're starting this Sunday with the topic, the need for change. Many of you have heard my boot camp stories before. Um, so I'll repeat one of them now for those of you who have not. So I served in the military for about five years in the United States Navy. And I joined the military because I had a need for change. Or rather, my mother saw that I had a need for change. Uh, and after wiping them out and draining them of all the money they had set aside for me to go to college, she was like, you have a need for change and a need to pay for this yourself. I won't use the exact words she used. <laughs> you have a need for change. I got off of the plane January of 1998 in Chicago, Illinois. <sighs> Y'all know how I feel about winter and snow. It was quite cold. And I took a lot of stuff with me that they said I shouldn't take with me. You know, extra clothes, cologne, aftershave, of which when we finally got up to Great Lakes, Illinois, they threw all of that away because they said, don't bring anything to smell good. You're not here to pick up nobody. This is not about all you need is what we're going to give you when you get off the plane. You don't need to bring any clothes. In fact, you can buy extra clothes when you get out of boot camp. Everything you're going to need, we're going to give you. But you know, that wasn't good for me because I had a certain type of deodorant I like. I had a certain type of cologne. I, so I thought I was just going to try it to see if I could slide by. 
But all of that ended up in the trash. It was really frightening for me to be stepping into that space. Things are much different now in the military and people are living their lives and being out loud and proud, all of this kind of other stuff, but it was a little scary for me. But for me, my need to change and my need for my life to be better far surpassed what might happen because of what somebody else thought about me or what might say to me. And furthermore, my need for change had nothing to do with what I do in the privacy of my bedroom. My need for change was far greater than that. And I understood that I was in a fight for my life and for my soul. And so when we started boot camp, I quickly learned that my need for change was bound up in everybody else's need for change that was there. And that the point of boot camp was to make us one. The point of boot camp was to get us to see that we are not just one person, we are many people who are gathered together to support each other in defending this country. The need for change for me in boot camp took me to places that I never thought I would go. I didn't know that I could get by with only two hours of sleep for eight weeks. I, I didn't, I had no clue that I could somehow manage to uh, write and, and put together things with only those few hours of sleep. I had no idea that I could sleep with my eyes open Wish I could show y'all my boot camp book. There's <laughs> notes in it and there's like little scribbles that go off the page because apparently I was, you know, falling asleep. I had no idea that I would be willing to do anything I had to do to finish boot camp. In my last week of boot camp, I pulled my Achilles tendon. And then we had a little challenge we had to do that was 12 miles long, and they woke you up in the middle of that two hours of sleep you were getting and rattled you out of your bed and sent you off to battle stations. I had already wrapped a sock around my ankle and my Achilles tendon. I was already buying illegal Motrin on the underground drug market in boot camp, so I was hopped up on Motrin, 25 cents a pill, I'll never forget. That's how much a cigarette cost per each cigarette, too, was 25. Anyway, that's not. So I wrapped it around my ankle, and I ran and walked and carried stuff for 12 hours in the middle of the night until 7, 8 a.m. the next day. Boot camp taught me something that changed my life that is probably a little irritating to folks who I work with here at the church now. But it taught me that nothing is impossible. That my body has limits, but I can also push those limits when I need to push those limits.
Boot camp also taught me, the military taught me, and this is a thing that probably irritates a lot of people too. There's this saying we have, if you don't know how to do it, go figure it out. You have the energy and the time to do all that you need to do to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And so the military created in me this, this need for change that has brought me to the place now to where it has helped me as the pastor of this church. I didn't know anything about putting together websites, but the website is up and it's there. Took me a week to figure it out, it's there. I knew nothing about social media and how to set it up and so things could post and all this other stuff. Knew nothing about it when I started, but now it's there. I knew nothing about how to fill up a baptismal pool and how to clean it out, but yet here it is. You see where I'm going with this? There's a lot of stuff that it taught me, and one of the biggest things it taught me is that through my need for change, I discovered my power to do just about anything I put my mind to. That I am not restricted because I didn't get the degree in it. I am not restricted because I didn't go to school for it. I am not restricted because I know nothing about it. If it is something that I want to do, I can sit down, take the time to read and to figure it out. And so it taught me that very, very, very valuable lesson. And now... I'm in a place to where I need to change even on that lesson. I assume that everybody has a I can go figure it out mentality. <laughs> then I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is one of my greatest sins, but it's also one of my greatest strengths. you get what I'm saying? If God has changed something in you and developed you to a certain point, you, I, we have to understand that everybody else has not learned that need for change, and they have not arrived at that particular place. And so right now, right here with all the know-how and with all the abilities and with all the, the means to do what needs to be done, I am still in a place of saying to God, I have sin and iniquity that I need you to change and grow me on. That the journey is not yet over. In this season of Lent, we are called to challenge ourselves to grow. This psalmist is admitting, I have some change and growth to do. Now, I know this is hard for those of us who have figured everything out in life. I know it is hard for those of us who understand that everybody else is wrong and we're right all the time. I know this is difficult for those of us 
who have fully mastered God, the universe, and Christ. And that we fully arrived, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And therefore, nothing we could ever do is wrong. Not even the people we cut off on the highway, <laughs> or the folks that we yell at at our jobs, or our children that we get onto when we shouldn't. We've arrived. No one else is wrong. We are perfectly well and put together, and everybody else in the world is incorrect and in error and in sin and has therefore been judged by us. We have no other need to change, right? Wrong. We have a great need to change. I said it a few weeks ago. A lot of the challenges that we are going through right now in life, we may be annoyed by it. We may feel beaten down by it. We may not know how to get through it. It may be a disease that can't be cured. It may be troubled relationships with loved ones and family. It may be a job that is wearing you down. It may be a whole lot of different things. But here is an opportunity that has been presented to you in which you can say, I didn't invite this thing in, but my God, I have a need for change. <laughs> that whatever it is that I am going through and struggling with, I clearly have a need for change. Not because I want to adapt and to succumb to whatever this thing is. I have a need for change because I know God is faithful and God is the greatest recycler of circumstances and is willing to do something amazing in the midst of all of this if I would yet submit and say I have a need for change. Maybe my sin and my error in the midst of this is that I don't trust God through it. Maybe my error is in giving up instead of living into the situation that has presented itself to me. I have a need for change. One of our other scriptures for today is the temptation of Jesus. And maybe this will help us see some of our need for change. After Jesus is baptized, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And I always like this little piece. And afterwards, he was famished. Yes, that's what one would assume. I, I like to talk to the biblical writers, I think. I think they hear me. Uh, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Because it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and placed him on a pinnacle of the temple, saying, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their heads they will bear you up. And Jesus said to him again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Every day... Y'all know how I feel about the devil, but it's a good metaphor. Let's go with it. Every day, the devil tempts you. And my question is, is your need for change that you learn how, in your mind, don't say it out loud, that in your mind, you can say, 
Do not put me, a child of God, to the test, for I shall not be moved from my course of action. You will not destroy my emotions today. You are not going to get me down today. You're not going to make me run today. You're not going to make me do something out of my character today. Oh, my God, I said I wasn't going to eat no fried chicken during these 40 days. Devil, you're not going to have me in the Popeye's line on 99 Cents Tuesday. It is not going to happen today. I said I was not going to go to PDQ today. I know it can be delivered to the church. My God, devil, you will not put me to the test. I will not get on DoorDash. I will not get on Uber Eats. I will not get on Grubhub. I deny you, devil, right now. Do not tempt me. I shall not do it. But here is Jesus saying, do not put me to the test. This is our challenge during this Lenten time to say, I will not be taken to task and give in to these different desires and other needs that I think I have. When the iPhone 11 commercial pops up on your TV and in your Facebook food feed, you should be saying, no, no, devil, do not put me to the test. I just got the 10. I don't need the 11. When that stuff shows up in your feed, you know who you are, you click on it, and you buy it right away. You need to be saying, no, no, devil, do not put me to the test. I don't have this money to spend anyway. I don't need a new dashiki shirt. <laughs> when the folks get on your nerves at the job, you should be saying, no, no, devil, not today. I don't have to respond to this. I responded to this 365 days of the year last year, this year for at least 40 days, I ain't responding to it. Do not put me to the test. And some of y'all know you need to be saying that in your mind because when folks put you to the test, you know where you go and what you do. and how you act. Because instead of saying, do not put me to the test, you'd be like, I wish, I wish you, I, yeah. I wish you would. I wish you, I don't hope, I wish. Come and get it, come, come and get it. You, you, don't call for me. Don't call for me, because you can get it. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Some of the stuff we need to have on that commitment card is not on that commitment card. You know what it is that you need to work on. The devil comes for you and you get right on in the bus with him. And be like, we got, yeah, we got to go get this. We, we go get, you know what I'm talking about. You're going to have an email tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. that's going to set your hair on fire. Do not... Put me to the test. Other lessons that we need to learn, this, this, this Amazon uh, desire thing that we have. Yeah, I get it. I love Amazon. Some folks don't like it and all that kind of, this two-day turnaround on stuff that we don't need. 
This is one of the reasons that during this season, we have asked you all to commit to giving. Because if you want something on Amazon, if you want to go to Popeye's, if you want to have Starbucks five times a day, the things that you want that you don't need, you seem to find money to do it. Perhaps, perhaps you could put that money to good use and help feed needy people here at your church for 40 days, for 40 days. Please go listen to the giving sermon from last year. Do not leave out of here, I said this last week, do not leave out of here saying they're like every church that wants my money. I keep repeating this because I know some of us have some wounds around this. Do not leave out of here thinking that that is what this is about. We're a church that is about doing good things in the community and for our kids and for each other. So go listen to that sermon to figure out what that is about. During this season of Lent, we are called to see our need for change. Even as a pastor, I continuously ask God, where is it, God, that you want to show me that I need to change? I've already told you one area. Where is it, God, that I could be better? None of us have arrived. I would go so far to argue is that none of us will arrive until we are laying here and I am preaching your eulogy. And so until that day, we should all be striving to grow and to live into who God is calling us to be. Many of the lessons that we need to learn have not even been presented to us yet because we are not ready. Many of the lessons that we need to learn are already manifesting themselves right now before us, and we don't want to deal with it. We want to run from it. Perhaps during this season, our need to change is for us to stop running and to just stand still and say, God, I need to change in the midst of this. God, I don't want to be distracted by the situation, but help me now to change. Fasting, giving, and committing to prayer. That's some boot camp. I remember many days, David, you probably do too, being hungry in boot camp and tired. I remember many days praying, God, why me? And God said, because you were a fool, you messed up, and so here it is. Now you have an opportunity to change and to get your life together. You could have been locked up. I remember many days giving so much of myself in boot camp. And what I can tell you about the military boot camp in the U.S., to me, it's very much like this Lenten season can be for us. It can be the best thing that has ever happened. I don't regret a minute of it. During this season, let us embrace our need to change, our need for God to change us and to do something amazing that we have never seen before. And all the people of God said, amen. amen.